There's a big one in Tuscaloosa on Saturday night. What are some of the key stats that are going to detail the outcome of this game? And is this going to be Jalen Milrow's breakout? You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. I'll be telling you about Prize Picks here very shortly. Thanks for making us your first listen. Jimmy, a lot of key stats to talk about when it comes to this game and what's going to decide the outcome of this game. Look, one thing I like to look at is explosive plays, uh, and this is detailed by your buddy and my buddy, Clint Lamb, over at On3. talks about the Alabama offense uh, number 44 in the country at 20-plus yard plays, number 19 in the country at 30-plus yard plays, and number 13 in the country at 40-plus yard plays. Uh, that's pretty awesome. It's I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm, you know what? It, it was number 27, number 48, number 17. 44 is the number of those plays, so I've already screwed up that's today, amazing. but that's okay. That's a lot. It's um, a lot of screw. That's up. a lot. Well, it, I think this is very likely to be a game decided by explosive plays. I think both teams uh, are pretty good at that, and both teams are a little susceptible to it. LSU certainly is. I wouldn't say Alabama's given up a ton of big plays, but I think, look, is LSU more likely to drive the field 80 yards, four, five, six yards at a time and pick Alabama to death all the way down the field, or are they more likely – to make big chunk plays with Jaden Daniels with his legs, with Jaden Daniels throwing the ball to Malik Neighbors, Brian Thomas, Colin Lacey. Uh, I mean, they're they're a absolute big play offense, and they're they're really good at it. Alabama, as we know, sort of a big play offense too. Milrow seems to throw the deep ball better than he throws any other pass. So uh, Alabama's been very good at that. So I do think explosive plays and big plays are going to dictate the outcome. Who makes more big plays Saturday night? And uh, that's a little scary for Alabama fans because LSU's done it so many weeks, so many times. Only three teams have held uh, L- uh, LSU to below 35 points. I believe that's correct. No, two teams, just Arkansas and Florida State, I think. Um, You know, I was just thinking about this. Speaking of those big plays – Alabama hadn't given up a bunch of big plays. I don't think we've given Not up really. a play over 50 yards this year. Texas had one that Texas. was about 44 yards, but it wasn't over 50. Texas is what comes to mind in terms of giving up big plays, but Alabama hasn't really. You know, the corners are so good. The safeties are better than they were a year ago, I think, in terms of defending the deep ball. I'm not saying that that uh, Caleb Downs and Jalen Key are better than Jordan Battle and DeMarco Hellams. But I do think they're better defending the deep ball. Uh, I think uh, other things, there's reasons those other two are in the NFL and doing well. Uh, but Downs and Key both have NFL futures too. But it hasn't really been a defense that's given up a lot. But I do think this, LSU is more likely to score on chunk plays than what I would call 80-yard drives down the field. I, I think uh, now, now they could score on 80-yard drives, reason being, Luke, 
that they made two or three chunk plays on the drive, whether it's Daniels runs or Daniels throws to his, uh, his main targets. And of course, uh, you know, they have a couple of skill players who don't talk about enough who are good players. Logan Diggs, the running back transfer from Notre Dame, uh, really didn't have much of a September, but boy, October, he really kind of found himself in this offense. Logan Diggs has had a really good past four or five games. And of course, Mason Taylor tied in. He killed us last year. I mean, there was one player that really hurt us, uh, you know, with the plays that decided the game. It was Mason Taylor. Uh, we got to do a better job of getting him covered this year. No, I'm with you on that. In fact, it's funny you say that because I was talking to somebody about the, you know, the game coming up and uh, they just said, now, again, this is just a casual fan, but he said, man, I'm ready for us to use our tight ends more again. And it's not a bad call because, you know, CJ Dupree, I mean, I know he's been a little banged up, but he's made like, he's had games where he's had like one nice catch. Uh, right. Amari Knobloch has had games where he's, you know, been targeted a lot or, you know, and, and he's had some big catches too, but we were all, we all thought going into this season that, you know, it was going to be, shoot, we're going to have three tight end sets. We're going to, you know, Danny Lewis is going to get some action. Robbie is going to get some action. Uh, you know, Amari Knobloch may be the most targeted guy on the team, et cetera, et cetera. And it just, really hadn't come to fruition again fine i mean this all goes back to the tight end is nothing more than a the the sasquatch or, or leprechaun of football you know everybody talks about it but nobody's ever really seen one outside of travis kelsey yeah go figure a leprechaun will get lucky enough to date taylor swift but um anyway um you know it, it's it's just weird that the tight end could play such a factor and i'm ready to see less of Mason Taylor and more of our tight ends. Yeah, uh, and it's a good game for it. Look, I, I think one of the reasons the tight ends have caught fewer balls is just simply that there are fewer balls to catch. <laughs> Alabama's just not throwing the ball nearly as much as they did under Bryce Young or Tua or Mac Jones. Uh, there's just a lot fewer throws for obvious reasons, a more inexperienced quarterback. And Alabama's really only going to throw the ball when they have to, right? I mean, what with with, a, with an inexperienced quarterback who's been a little mistake prone, why would you throw the ball more than you quote have to? Uh, and, and Alabama's won, you know, seven ball games and uh, and and have, have played really well at times. So, but this weekend could be a little different, Luke. This weekend could be Alabama's got to throw it more. You might be in a track meet. You don't want to be in a track meet, but you might be in one. And if Alabama's going to have a higher volume of throws, makes sense to me that the tight ends will be targeted quite a bit because Amari Nyblak is such a playmaker, period. And secondly, uh, I think my, my partner, BOL, Clint Lamb, he he uh, he, he did some, some deep dive on this and ends up LSU has given up quite a bit of, of of pass receptions to tight ends. Uh, that's one of the things they apparently don't do too well is get the tight end covered. So I think between all of those things, Alabama throwing it more, Nablack's just good, period. Why not throw it to him? And third, LSU struggles getting the tight end covered. I think it is something that you could see quite a bit of this weekend, although I'm going to stick with my prediction that the standout receiver this weekend in terms of who's going to have a big game is Jermaine Burton. I'm with you on that too. And look, I talked about that uh, on the radio in Montgomery yesterday. And, uh, you know, the host was like, hey, LSU's kind of banged up in the secondary and they're kind of banged up along the defensive front a little bit, it seems like. 
how much do you think that helps Alabama? And I said, well, I mean, I guess it helps, but they it's sort of the blood from a turnip thing. I mean, they already weren't great. So, I mean, right. how much worse do you get? Now, again, they're not awful. They're still in SEC defense. They're, they're still still got some dudes that will probably play at the next level at some positions. And Harold Perkins can still be a freakazoid uh, at times, there's no doubt. But th- they, I don't know that it's going to be a whole heck of a lot worse. I mean, every, everybody always loves to say, well, you know, the starter went out. So, I mean, obviously you're going to be hurt. Uh, he was beating out the other guy, right? Well, sometimes you don't know how good that guy is till he gets on the field. So, right. you know, maybe they actually improve a little bit. Maybe a, a change of pace is what helps them out. I wonder how we would feel as Alabama fans if we found out, okay, Saturday the starting corners due to injury are going to have to be Des Ricks and Antonio Kite. Des Ricks and Antonio Kite will start a corner. I think we would completely panic, frankly, as a fan base. I know I would panic to a degree. And I try to remain calm, but and and I'm, by the way, I'm very high on both Desrix and Antonio Kite in the long term. But I wonder if more of the reason we would panic, Lucas, because we know Kool Aid and Terrion are so good. I mean, we know, holy moly, this is going to be a big step back from what we've had because Kool Aid and Terrion are the two best corners on one team in the country. We think so. The step back to Des and and, and, and Antonio is going to be really scary for us. LSU doesn't really have that, right? I mean, LSU. At no point this year did they feel like we've got the two best cornerbacks in college football. So maybe it's not quite as scary for them as it, as it might would feel for us. Um, all right, Jimmy, want to tell everybody now about prospects, but when we come back, we're going to talk about Jalen Milrow and how much of a coming out party he can have here. And I, I say that term kind of weirdly, but you'll see what I mean when you come back. Uh, prospects is now what we're going to talk about because this is so much fun look if you want to know what prize picks is you need to go download the prize picks app go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college you will love this app look i got it on my phone right here i want i want to show you um all i gotta do is tap on it bring it back up it's right there it's so good um i'll tell you about one of the plays for tonight in college football here in just a second. But PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are easily the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Look, with basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. That's amazing. A league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made plus receptions. What, a, what an awesome idea. Um, and if you want to play alongside some of, some of Prize Picks favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz, you can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. So cool! Look, you can make make the same call on a game that Meek Mill is. That's that's pretty neat. I even know who McNeil is. I think Jimmy does. So go check out prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Prizepicks.com slash locked on college. You absolutely cannot beat this. This app is so much fun. You're going to love it. Thank us later. Okay, so that's another thing that uh, I was talking to somebody about today. I won't go into who because I don't think I should, but uh, I know somebody that is just – uh, gotten with Jalen Milrow and another uh, 
Alabama player, and they will be doing some sponsorship stuff for them uh, in the NIL uh, world. And, um, hey, you know, hopefully we can try and get him on here somehow. But he was talking about how um, he gave me the dollar figures. I'm not going to say what it is either. But he was like, I either made the best investment I could have possibly made or I've grossly overpaid. And he said, this this game is going to decide what that is. Now, he said it may work out for me either way, because if Milrow doesn't have a great game, then people may tune in just to you know, find out, hey, what the heck? And but if he has a great game, his his stock is going to skyrocket. I really think he's going to have a good game. I gut feeling. I know I try to take all that out. I, I hate it when people are like, I think, uh, you know, Vandy's going to upset the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend. Well, first of all, they're not even playing. But secondly, why do you think that? Um, I just I got a gut feeling. That's usually gas. And um, it's it's best to try and go with logic. Logic tells me that Milrow will have the same kind of game he's been having, just an slightly incremental um, improvement. Mm -hmm. My gut says he's going to have a big improvement. I said about three weeks ago or four weeks ago uh, when Milrow started to show signs that that he was going to be the type player that gets better and better, that improves each week, and that's that's been the case. But I also said, hey, look, you know, he's such a new starter, such a young player just in year three. And again, that 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 sounds like because when y'all hear year three, y'all think true junior that's headed to the NFL draft. Year three is actually young for a player who who didn't play in year one and year two. Year three is still young if you didn't play much in your first two years. Um, but but anyway, now now that we're late in the season and he's in year three, I think he's no longer as green, you know, behind the ears as he was early this season. I said, guys, regardless of his improvement, I think this is what's going to happen. He's going to have one clunker that's going to – there's still a clunker to come that's going to be pretty bad. (laughs) And hopefully that will be the game that ends his youth. And he's going to have one monster game. I mean, a monster game that's going to remind everybody how good this kid can be. And what I'm choosing to believe right now, Luke, I'm choosing to believe that we've already seen the clunker. And the clunker wasn't a game, but it was the second half of Arkansas and the first half of Tennessee, which adds up to a full game, but wasn't one full game, right? But if you take his second half of Arkansas and first half of Tennessee, it wasn't good. That that was not good. That was not Milrow at his best. That was not Milrow improving. So I'm going to say, or I'm choosing to believe, that uh, I was right and he got the clunker out of the way, and now we're waiting on the breakout. When is Jayla Milrow going to announce to the country that he is, in fact, um, a, a, a big-time playmaker? Uh, and, and I think that could easily happen Saturday in the sense that LSU has the right defense for it. Uh, LSU's defense, Luke, is not as good as Kentucky's. And it's not as good as, as Auburn's. And I don't care what Milrow does against UT Chattanooga. It would not constitute a breakout performance. So I, I think he's got three chances left, and, and I think this might be the best one. It's at home, and it's against the uh, least imposing defense he will face the rest of the regular season. So I'm with you. Uh, I, I felt he would have a real big game. And here's how I define big game. And it's a monster, but this is what I feel this kid is capable of. 
uh, I think he throws for 300 yards and he rushes for 100 yards. And uh, I don't care what planet you're from. That is a monster football game from, from for a player against Power 5 competition. Uh, 300 yards passing, 100 yards rushing. And uh, I, I think this this the, that, that's my prediction for Saturday. It happens. And uh, Alabama scores uh, in the mid-30s, largely on uh, Jalen Milrose back. Oh, man, I got you so excited. You, you didn't mute because you got – I knew that fired you up. <laughs> that's understandable. Christ. That might have muted Dick Vitell. I mean, that, that, I knew that was going to get you excited. Uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, no, what I was going to say before I impolitely muted myself was that um, – you know, those stats would be good for somebody, I don't know, the caliber of, I don't know, Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels. So, uh, yeah, those, that would be those are the kind of stats that have made Jaden Daniels uh first or second in the in the Heisman for right now. I think he's I think he's one and two with Michael Penix right now going into this weekend. Um, I could argue Bo Nix is in there weirdly yep. because I'll tell he you, is. that's another thing. That's another reason why this is so important for Jalen Milrow. Jalen Milrow's not going to win the Heisman. Please, nobody even take this clip and bring it out of context. But he at least could be in the discussion of being in the top 10 if he were to have a game like you just mentioned. He would be in the top, everybody's top 10 the next week. Would, would he win it? No. Would he be invited to New York? No. Would he deserve to? No, probably. But It's I'm the right he, stage. It's the right stage because of Jaden Daniels. Ex Jaden exactly. Daniels. Jaden Daniels has turned Saturday into a Heisman platform. Someone else could step up on it. Now, no one else but Milrow has even a remotely resume for it. So I'm with you. I, I, I think I don't think Milrow is going to win the Heisman this year. That, that's, that's beyond nuts. That's lunacy. But all he needs is to be in, the, in a paragraph with, with the word Heisman in it. And Jaden Daniels has, has done that. And I think what it can do – and this – I think it could launch a 2024 Heisman campaign for Milrow, but but yeah. not 2023. Um, interesting. Okay, I, I you know one other thing you said in there that caught my attention. You said LSU is the least imposing defense Alabama plays. I I kind of at first I was like, you know, we played Chattanooga, and then I was like, yeah, he knows that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just not counting that game. Okay. No matter what, no matter what. Uh, happen that 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 that's just a doesn't matter game. And and by the way, it doesn't matter. I mean, there is if Alabama wins that game sixty three to nothing, and Milrow throws for four hundred yards, no one will care. That's true. And I will say this though, Gene Stallings always said, if you don't think those games are big, yeah. just try losing one. Um, <laughs> now when we Chattanooga, by the way, is pretty good for an FCS team. I believe they're leading the Southern League, the Southern Conference. Yeah. Uh, I think they're actually in first place and are a a contender in the FCS playoffs. All right, Jimmy, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about Michigan. I want to talk a little bit about the college football overall, probably mostly about Michigan. But right now, I want to tell everybody about FanDuel. Look, also got FanDuel right on my phone right here. Uh, you can see it if you are uh, on YouTube's. But if you're not on YouTube's, let me explain what I'm talking about. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel's America's number one sports book right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's amazing. That's $150 if your team wins. So you like the tide this weekend? There you go. Bet $5, you win it. 
and you get 150 in bonus bucks. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use that Jimmy can use it. It's a <laughs> wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. I know the NFL season is at the midway point, but you know what I mean. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. All right, so Jimmy, I, I got to talk a little more about this Michigan thing. I, I really, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm distraught over this. Um, now we've got uh, who was the manager for the Mets that wore that fake mustache and glasses? Bobby Valentine. Bobby Valentine. We got this Stallions kid on the sideline of other games. I mean, eventually, right? I, I know, I think as a country, we got into the, you know, innocent until proven guilty, and you got to prove them guilty beyond any reasonable, any any irreasonable doubt. Is irreasonable a word? Doesn't matter. Because I think maybe we all got on this kick after – uh, the early 90s with the OJ thing. Maybe we were all like, well, yeah, I mean, we all know he did it, but maybe he didn't do it. You know, maybe maybe there were some, maybe something else happened. Um, but I'm saying like, there, there's some people going, well, we got to wait. <laughs> we got to wait for all the facts to come in about Michigan. We don't know who knew what, when, and how, and what, and when. We don't. It is unfair to the rest of college football if Michigan gets to play in the college football playoffs. That is that is my stance. I'm ready to die on that hill. There's no way you can't tell me powers that be that affect the football program directly didn't know that this kid was out there doing these things. You just can't convince me. I'm sorry. And yeah. look, I'm big on, hey, look, sometimes things aren't what they seem. This is what it seems. This is 100% what it seems. Michigan was cheating as hard as it can cheat. I applaud you for being innovative. Good work. You got busted. You know, I, if if I applaud you, if you were an accountant, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's accountant a long time ago, remember? Very creative. Made Kareem Abdul-Jabbar play like 10 years extra that he didn't need to play because he stole all his money. I don't know all the specifics. I'm just going by what I have been told by the National Enquirer. And, uh, you know, so in a way you're like, okay, you know, yes, what you did was wrong. But at the same time, you had the cojones to go after uh, an NBA basketball player who could have easily thrown you to your death from just by picking you up. And um, because he's so tall. So, um, you know, I applaud Michigan for getting crazy and sending a guy on Central Michigan sidelines to find out about Michigan State. Congratulations. That's that's I thinking outside the cheating box. But you were busted, and now you got to pay the price. And it's not fair to these other teams that are yeah cheating, but not on your level. And and I'm tired of hearing that everybody does this. No, everybody doesn't do this. No, everybody doesn't do that. No, this yeah, is I bananas. Mean, everyone doesn't do that. I mean that that's the one take. I don't get. I'm not as interested in the story as a lot of college football fans, not because I don't consider it serious. I do. I'm just so into the games and the X's and O's and the players. But I'll say that the the take that bothers me is when I read, everybody's doing this. This is a non-story. 
No, that, that everyone does not do this. And that's why it's a huge story because not everybody does this. Not everybody does close to this. Again, the Astros are just such a perfect example. Everyone in Major League Baseball is trying to steal the other team's signs. Everyone. The game starts. You're staring at the other dugout. You're watching the third base coach. You're watching what's happening on the field. Everyone is trying to steal the other team's signs. But, but no one but the Astros used video, used electronic devices, and were banging on garbage cans to let the batter know whether it was a fastball or a curveball that's coming. And that is outrageous. And most of Major League Baseball, if not 99%, was outraged by what the Astros did, even though, quote, and I'm using the air quotes, everyone else does it. Because everyone else doesn't do that. And uh, so my stance is a little like Luke's. And, and first of all, I don't have as hard a stance as, as he does. But I, I, if Michigan is barred from the postseason, I, I, I won't feel like that was uh, wrong. I and won't it's feel an easy like, fix. Jim, I won't for those feel like say, it's wrong. And those who say the kids are going to get robbed, again, this is an easy fix. What you do is say, all right, yeah, you play the season out. That's, let's go ahead and play the season out. You cannot play in the postseason. And everybody on your team – has it has an extra year of eligibility and they can transfer penalty free grad transfer, non-grad transfer already transferred. Don't care. Now, if you want to stay at Michigan, that's fine. We're going to determine what the rest of the penalties are later. If you feel like you want to be a, a Michigan man for the rest of your life, go blue. That's great. You can stay there, but it, if you do, you might face more penalties. You know, this in advance. Now it is not, fair to everybody else if they get away with this and it's not fair to the teams now and here's a good point you know how me and you all the time have railed on this show about the ncaa is vacating wins and what a stupid penalty that is vacating wins of games that happened a while back well ncaa if you like to vacate wins so much vacate the wins this season in which you think michigan gained an unfair advantage and if you vacate the wins this season, that means they're not eligible to go to the playoff. They can't count these wins. So that does make sense to me. I, th- I think it's logical. Let, but let that, me, said, let me add something. that said, let me I don't, I'm not super fired up about this. I, oh, not, I am. I'm super fired up. Let I, me add, let I get me tell it. You why. I get it. But I'm let not. me tell you why. Let me tell you another thing. I'm not pro. I'm not anti-little guy, but I'm not pro-little guy. There's so many people out there like, I want the little guy to get in there and get a chance. I'm like, if the little guy does enough to be with the big guys, then yeah, I want him to have a chance. I don't like this whole group of five automatic qualifier thing. I don't like all that. But let me bring up James Madison here for a second. This is a good team. It's not a great team. It's a good team. It's a really good team. The Dukes. They're They're top 25 worthy. They can't even be in the college football playoff rankings because they're ineligible to go to the postseason because of some stupid I don't understand it. rule about I don't understand how when it. you transfer when you go from one Move division up. to the next division, you have to sit out. I think it's two years. That's it's a, so why? So but, why? but but let me ask this, Jimmy. So James Madison did nothing wrong. They actually said, we want to play up. We want to play in a tougher league. And all we ask is that, you know, we we just get treated the same. They're like, okay, but there is a waiting period. Okay. Michigan, been in the big boy room for a long time, knows the big boy rules, cheating its tail off, and they still get to be ranked? You're going to tell me that's fair? That's right? That's screwed up. 
Yeah, Jacksonville State, same thing, making the transition. They can't play in a bowl. They're six and two or seven and two. I think they're seven and two, and they're not allowed to play in a bowl unless there's not enough bowl eligible teams to fill out the bowls. Then they're going to let them play. I think that's so, it's so dull. I, I, someone is going to have to explain that to me like I'm five because I, I, I don't understand that at all. What, what James Madison and Jacksonville state have to endure for doing nothing while Michigan cheats. And, and then they're, they're free to go play in the, in the Rose bowl. And then for the national championship, I, I, that, that does bother me. But again, the only reason, and it's not, you know, you won't like this explanation or maybe no one will, but I'm not a thousand percent sure that having the other team's signals is, is worth the the effort. I mean, you still have to, you still have to make the plays. Uh, I, I, I'm not, I mean, I know the famous play that's on video where everyone's like, look, Look, there's Stallion or whatever his name is. There's Stallions. He, he's telling, he's seeing the signal. He's telling the coordinator what the signal is before the coordinator sends in the play. And that famous video that they show, Ohio State scored on that play. <laughs> I mean, Ohio State scored. So him knowing the signal and telling it to the DC who who makes the call to his defense didn't help them a, a bit. Uh, Ohio State scored anyway. So that's okay. why I'm like, I'm not sure that what. It's 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 that's like Jimmy. If you came outside and caught somebody rummaging through your trash can, and you were like, mm-hmm. "Hey, you're first of all, you're on my property. You're trespassing. You're going through my stuff, which is illegal." And um, I don't even put my credit card statements in there. So what are you what are you hoping to find? He's like, "Okay, no harm, no foul." Then no, you'd still be like, "Hey, no, this is screwed up. Get off my property. You don't need to come <laughs> back to right. my property. The property oh, now is the college football playoffs, right?" You understand right. what I'm saying? Yeah, and that guy going through the, the garbage cans is not going to find anything with all the discarded beer cans anyway. He's just going to be like, well, there's a lot of beer cans in there. And, and if, you like, gain no, if you gain no advantage. How's that guy not, not fatter than he is? Here's my other thing. If you gain no advantage from it, and I understand that sometimes we all do things that we're going to gain an advantage from. I remember very distinctly uh, about 20 years ago, my brother bought one of those those big like wrestling belt looking things that just vibrates and it was supposed yeah. to like shake all your fat loose. And they gave him a two for one. He gave me one and it doesn't work, but <laughs> he bought it and it was stupid. And so <laughs> we thought it would work and it didn't. So maybe Michigan was using Connor stallions as the vibrating stomach fat loosener. And they didn't realize it didn't work until like, Oh my God, this doesn't work. But the problem is, if it doesn't work, why are you doing it? If somebody had told us in advance, told my brother that fat loosening thing doesn't work, he'd go, okay, well, I'm not buying it. But he thought it worked. My point is you, they yeah. think this was giving them an advantage. Otherwise, they don't do it. It makes no sure. sense. You bought a disguise. And I agree. You it does. It has, for this guy to go it has to give you. Yeah, it has to give you an advantage. I mean, it has to. I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm sure it has to. I'm just – Maybe there's just other cheating that uh, to me is more appalling than this. But True. again, I don't care. And if we read today on the ESPN crawl, uh, the NCAA has determined that Michigan's ineligible to play in the postseason. I, I'm not going to feel bad for for Michigan. I'm not. I'm not going to feel bad. I'm not going to go like, oh, that that's not fair. No, I, I think that's appropriate under under what the uh, what the allegations are to me. To me, that would be appropriate. Uh, but we'll we'll see. Yeah. Hey, you by know, the way, yeah. I'm not stealing signals, but uh, I need to tell Alabama this. Um, 
several times in the game, you're going to have those receivers covered and Jaden Daniels is going to tuck the ball and he's going to scramble and run around. Uh, I'm telling you right now, that's going to happen. Jimmy, it's <laughs> so getting, him to, on the get, getting him to the ground is the hard part, not knowing it's coming. Uh, I, I'm I'm going to take, and I know it's locked on Bama, but I think this this really is like a foundational thing for college football that if Michigan gets away with this, I, I, I mean, I'm like, first of all, I, I would say if there's ever a doubt about if something illegal or not, I would say just go ahead and do it and see, let the rough end drag. That Central Michigan story is is what took it almost to a whole new level to me. Dude and over Jim, there you know wearing Central Michigan is, is that has it been has it been determined that that's really him? Central Michigan has had plenty of opportunity to to say we've looked into this and we know who this is, and they have not, and it's been like three days. It's just him. Coach Mack was like somber talk or even upset talking about it. He called him signal stealer guy well, <laughs> in his post game the signal stealing yeah we've all seen the picture of a signal stealing guy <laughs> Jim McElwain and, uh, was like uh gosh the only thing that'd be more embarrassing than it was getting caught making love to a shark on a boat oh wait a minute <laughs> uh anyway all I right get so fired up about that I should tell I should go tell more Co- I, I know coach Mack a little bit I've, I've I've uh I've spent time I played a couple rounds of golf with him and uh super 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 guy I mean I can't can't stress enough what a great, great dude he is. Uh, he has no real affinity for sharks. <laughs> that story, because I got to know him a little bit. And, and this is the thing that I know him so well that I'm still shocked he was upset about that. He he was upset about that story. He he didn't he found none of it amusing. Ah, even I think it's and a it's little amusing, amazing. and you think it's greatly amusing, and the whole country was so sort of amused by it he's the sort of guy to laugh at himself and he's the sort of guy that laughs a lot i mean this is a guy that likes to you know drink beer have fun talk some ball he wasn't amused by the shark thing at all yeah and i'm like wow that just kind of surprised me a little bit but no, I, I think the world of him uh, i think he, he he's a good dude um all right Uh, That's going to do it for today's episode. We'll be back tomorrow with our prediction episode, so be sure to come back for that. Until then, roll tide, everybody. Roll tide.